You've heard of Huntley and Brinkley, McNeil and Lehrer, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob and Ray. Now here's Mishigas and Malarkey. So we meet again. Yes, we, we meet again. You can hear me okay? Absolutely. Okay, we're connected. That's so great. That's great. Episode four. So you think you can bring the Michigas? I'll bring the Michigas. You bring the malarkey. Okay, I got loads of malarkey. That's <laughs> that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. We go together like uh, oil and water or something. Uh, uh, Leopold and Loeb. There oh, wait, you go. No. I don't know if that's good. That's not good. That might not be good. Uh, I think you were thinking of more like uh, Sondheim and uh, who were the, um, the musical uh, duos? um rogers and Hart. that's it yes rogers uh, and hammerstein garcia and hunter Ooh, ooh. well we're gonna have to do a special episode on the grateful dead one day oh yeah but yeah we could do that today however uh we're gonna do kind of uh, part two of the origin story because uh i realized that um after Rolling Stone, we had uh, well, there was a there was a kind of an interim there a hiatus uh, where I was uh, recovering from a hiatus hernia, and uh, no, and then um, uh, we got back together again at New York Magazine. Right. Yes, we moved across town a little bit and uh, a little bit downtown and to the east. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so before we get to that spot, though, um, did we ever uh, fill in what happened? I guess uh, I left. I don't know which one of us left the Rolling Stone first. I left in around 85. Were you uh, gone by then? Yeah, late 85. And then I was um, I was doing some freelance stuff for the New York Daily News. And I guess I was doing some fact checking, too, as a freelancer about that time and then wait uh, yeah i worked i worked at ad week for a while also somewhere Mm. in there it was the um, the golden age of magazines it was yeah yeah ad week was um kind of a weird interim i worked on this spinoff magazine they were doing that was sort of like they it was sort of like a i guess it was like a tech magazine before there was really that much tech to uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to deal with yeah so it wound up being about like office equipment and stuff i mean which was it was kind of interesting because mm-hmm. it was uh it was like as really before everyone had a computer but like they had computers and offices mm-hmm. and there were still these guys who were like selling typewriters who said ah this computer stuff that's not gonna <laughs> and there were yeah. still people like that but uh i also i also uh went to uh, a tech magazine publisher from uh f- from well let's see from rolling stone no from rolling stone i went to the staten island advance or as the locals uh, called it the advance right i don't know if that was some kind of a 
you know, kind of a uh, poke at the at, at all the advertisements that were in there, or maybe that was just you know the 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 local pronunciation for that. But I was there uh, in the newsroom for uh, I guess it was about two years, and I I up and sublet my uh, village apartment and moved to Staten Island. Actually, I I moved there first before I went to work for the newspaper, and then. Uh, you know, as as a reader, as a Staten Islander, I was uh, looking at the newspaper. Eventually, I got an interview there and then, you know, went there as a reporter slash editor. But um, I was there two years and uh, I, you know, felt at that point that my Staten Island sojourn uh, would would be coming to an end and return to my apartment in the village. And then that's uh, when I um, went up to see uh the, the lady who would uh, ultimately hire me at New York Magazine in the marketing department. And, uh, you know, out of respect, we don't have to use names. Um, but uh, uh, I, I was uh, there at the um, in the marketing department producing their uh, sponsored supplements or as we called them at the time, advertorial which uh, today would be called sponsored content. And essentially these were the uh, inserts that were uh, kind of uh, combination or bastardization or, uh, you know, synthesis, choose your, your, your own term of, uh, you know, editorial type work, you know, writing, editing, um, graphics and advertising messaging that was uh, paid for by the, the sponsors and the advertisers. And I think that's when I got back in touch with you and uh, you were doing some work uh, for, for us there. So what were you doing? Just remind me. Uh, yeah, I came in. I was the fact checker on a lot of those uh, supplements. And see, the thing that's funny is they were advertising supplements, which at the time were kind of looked down upon by some people. But um, most people. But but those, you know, those supplements, we had higher editorial standards <laughs> at, at those supplements than a lot of magazines would have today because they have sponsored content. They have all this stuff today and it's considered yes. uh, totally normal. Yeah. Um, yep. Well, it was the beginning of, you know, that whole uh, model and right. uh, and, you know, it, uh, it persists, you know, and certainly in the Internet era, we're now like 20 years into the Internet era and uh, uh, all along. I mean, I always talk about uh, in 1997 going up to The New Yorker with a uh, one page proposal for how they should go online and turn their, you know, talk of the town and their, um, what was that? The, uh, the listings at the front goings on about town, which I guess right. uh, G O A T or goat. I don't know if they actually referred to it that way, but uh, you know, I saw that early on as uh, an opportunity to uh, uh, not only have listings for what was, you know, going on in New York, but also to have uh, referral links where, you know, if somebody, uh, uh, clicked through and, and bought a ticket or made a reservation at a restaurant that the New Yorker could get a, a piece of it. Now, there would always be the question of, you know, how do you uh, separate the editorial and the advertising or the church and the state, um, the, you know, in those contexts. But that was, uh, you know, something that I've ultimately got worked out, obviously, with affiliate uh, links on on the web. And, uh, you know, policies, editorial and other policies that the uh, publications have that 
clearly, uh, you know, alert the the reader, the user, you know, what's going on there behind the scenes. But anyway, uh, we were producing these what we thought were pretty decent quality uh, advertising supplements. And again, the golden era of publishing, the advertisers had so much money, they didn't know what to do with it. You know, uh, when I went to a tech publisher, uh, the advertisers used to say, we're all we already have a, uh, uh, you know, a center spread four color in every issue. Uh, you know, what else can we spend our money on? And we used to come up with all kinds of interesting things for them, but you were fact checking the, uh, the ones that were in New York magazine. Um, we had, you know, a bunch of, uh, writers who were, uh, probably, you know, considered marketing writers at the time, but they were writing, uh, you know, articles, um, I remember doing writing a few myself on uh, some, you know, a lot of it was travel or it was. Um, well, we uh, would do. Yeah, we there was a lot of real estate supplements. Um, there was the travel stuff that was usually like thematic. We did we did a game. I remember the gaming supplement where we're dealing with oh, Las Vegas was, yeah, and Atlantic casinos, City. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that That's what brought us to Atlantic City one time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, what, oh, the New York marathon, we did right. supplements on that. That, that was a fun one to fact. Check. Yeah, we did the program. In other words, the supplements were also served as programs for a lot of these events. Yeah. When and in fact, we did the, uh, met the met gala, the, the, the inaugural, uh, uh, year for that, you know, when they kicked off that event, we did the, uh, supplement, which served as something of a, of a, of a program or a guide. Well, you know, I, yeah, I remember when we did the New York marathon thing, I was fact checking all this stuff. And, you know, at the beginning of the marathon, they have this phalanx of police motorcycles that lead the marathon. Right. And, uh, one of the questions was how many motorcycles is in the formation when they like come over the, the bridge and they ride up through Brooklyn <laughs> and everything. So I wound up on the phone and I, I got on the phone through, you know, talking to one cop after another. And I got hold of this police lieutenant who was the commander of the, um, the motorcycle division of the NYPD at the time. And he, he actually offered to fax me the diagram of like what, you know, they, they, yeah, it was real, you know, the, the great thing about fact checking is sometimes you would find someone you'd have what you'd think would be like a real pain in the ass question, but sometimes you would find the right person who could answer it. And it wasn't a pain in the ass. Like they had been sitting their whole life waiting for someone to ask them this question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So, the, so the guy, the guy offered to like send me the diagram and I said, well, you know, just, I just, all I needed was a number of, I think it was right. 21 motorcycles, something like that. Yeah. And, um, so he gave me that. And then, then he, um, he invited me to go out to uh, to ride on the motorcycle. Well, yeah, he said I could go out to the, <laughs> the training facility. I think oh, it was somewhere God. out in Queens. And he said, oh, you want to come out? And, and you know, because he thought, wow, you know, this 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 right. the first maybe you'll turn it into a feature a, article. I probably could have. Yeah. But I mean, it was it Sidebar. was uh, 
I, I, I remember it to this day because I felt like a little bad that the guy was like inviting me and offering me mm. all this cool stuff. And I, I really mm -hmm. couldn't take him up on it, you know. And that was but, another uh, cool thing about, you know, working at New York Magazine, especially on these uh, supplements. Uh, I'm sure the the editorial folks and we should say that, um, you know, the editor in chief at the time uh, had to review all of the supplements that went into the magazine and make right. sure that they were, uh, you know, at least uh, of, a, of a fairly good quality uh, that it wouldn't, uh, you know, pull down the, the, the whole magazine. But, um, and I always, I always, uh, you know, gave a lot of credit to, to him for that. But uh, the other, you know, the fun part was going to all these events i remember we did some we did we did the marathon we did uh some polo you know matches we did uh, yeah yeah i went horse to a shows. i went to a polo match in connecticut yeah mm -hmm. and uh yeah it was really interesting i mean i you know it was the only time i saw polo being played and th there were these like young women there and like what looked like I don't know what would what would they're like prom dresses or something mm, that, that yeah, they wear formal to go to wear with the big hats and stuff. Well, they were like mini, like formal mini skirts. You know, oh. it was kind of like uh, well, you know. I didn't see the, those, but uh, so every we we'd go out and stomp the divots. I remember that, right? You know. Yeah, but but I, I remember. Um, yeah, I remember they had really good food mm -hmm. at the at the polo match and. Uh, you know, sponsors yeah they had some champagne sponsor or something and then oh, of yeah. course we did uh, a lot of the dining supplements and so we you know got to go around uh, town uh, visiting all the restaurants to write them up and you know we didn't have a, an editorial conflict there because it wasn't you know a, an editorial review it wasn't an unbiased review so you know we we were you know that was uh, kind of living large and uh, yeah and then when when i was working on the gaming supplement the publicists for the hotels in atlantic city kept inviting us down right right and then um the woman from trop world wanted us to come down and she she would have sent a limo to pick us wow. up and, and wow. we and you know and i didn't want to uh I, I didn't want to be like taking you didn't too want to much. overdo it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I always had that thing of like, you know, you don't, you don't want to like feel like you really owe these people something, but they did. Um, I don't know. I think they gave us some, um, well, they gave us tickets. We had, they comped us for dinner. We had like a nice dinner <laughs> and then remember, do you remember what the show was? Wait, it was, I, I was there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think you oh, were there. No, it was, I don't, um, I don't remember the show. It was um, the captain and Tennille opening for Rich Little. <laughs> wow. How can you not remember that? That guy is still working. You know, I was in Las Vegas a couple of months ago and he was he was at the Tropicana. It's unbelievable. So anyway, we, we wanted to, you know, just touch on some of this uh, New York magazine era and, uh, you know, remember fondly some of the, the uh, people there, not necessarily by name, but, you know, we would pop up to the uh, editorial department. We saw some of the, you know, some of the, the, the best, the better known writers. What was this in the 1980s, pretty much? Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so... uh, well, I remember seeing John Simon. Oh, yes. And uh, who, you know, at the time was, um, I don't know how well he's remembered. At the time, he was like a notorious. Oh, yes. Uh, Illustrious. Who, yes. Well, legendary, yeah, I mean, legendary. Yeah, but he was like he was notorious for like just withering criticism of mm. some things. Like if he didn't like something, he really didn't like it. And uh, 
you know, when you were in the elevator with them, you, yeah. you were always like, you know, kind of like, you know, ooh, you know, <laughs> you gotta, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to be on my toes thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, there were times I was thinking, you know, I wonder if you could like set this guy off, you know, like, you know, like, could you, you know, <laughs> could we get him going? You know, well, uh, uh, anyway, so there, there was that was a good time. I was there for I believe I was there seven years. That's uh, a long time. A long time. I think that might have been my longest tenure anywhere. Well, you know what day? I one specific day I remember there. The day the stock market crashed. Oh yes, is and, that eighty seven or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we um, we were working. Our little office was um on the same floor as the advertising yes, department yes and anyone who ever worked for a magazine knows that like the money people are always in the ad department yes. those are the people that actually have money to invest yes and the the afternoon that the stock market crashed people were freaking out it yep. was it was like people I'm were sure. like running around hysterical and, and the ad budgets were i guess you know in jeopardy right that's probably what they were most concerned about well, everyone, see, no one knew what was going on right. because it, it was so, it suddenly, it was like this panic and people were like turning on radios to, mm -hmm. to find out what was happening. Sure. And they were, they were calling their brokers and they were mm -hmm. screaming across the room. And then um, this young woman that worked with us, I remember she, she turned to us and she said, I'll never forget this. She said, what, what, what do we do now? Do we all go into the bathroom and pray? <laughs> and i said well, well no it's it's not like pearl harbor you know i mean yeah or 9 11 but... god forbid yeah so we uh yeah i think it uh it wasn't until 2009 right that there was such a big uh shock or i don't think there were any ones in between were there uh well the, well the the internet crash but that happened over a period of a year or two mm. you mean like you know, around so, 2000 yeah like 99 2000 right, yeah right. Yeah. But um, but the thing I remember about that is you and I left the office at the end of the day. And I think we had been planning to go downtown and have dinner or something. And for some reason, um, we we you were living in the village at the time. Yes. And you said we should put on the news. And I said, yeah, I guess so. So you said, well, you know, come over to my place. So we went to your apartment and we watched Dan rather, I guess mm. it was. Mm -hmm. And that was the clip. You see it sometimes where Reagan came out on the white house lawn mm. and they asked Reagan, you know, his reaction to the stock market crash. Mm -hmm. And he said, Oh, it's a correction. It's no, you know, no big mm -hmm. deal. It became mm. like a notorious Reagan moment of mm -hmm. like, he had no idea what was happening. Mm. And then, uh, I guess we went out afterwards and had dinner or something. But what sure. I remember about the end of that day and, and people were walking around the village, like freaked out, you know, cause again, nobody knew what was going on. Hmm. And, uh, I remember, I don't know, we said goodbye and I was going to get on the F train to go back to park slope and that newsstand on, um, you know, sixth Avenue, there was a huge line of people. There must've been like two or 300 people lined up going all the way down sixth Avenue. They were waiting for the New York times trucks mm. to come. Mm -hmm. Remember the trucks would come with the newspapers sure. at like nine 30, 10 o'clock at night, whatever yep. it was. And I, I can remember looking across sixth Avenue and seeing that huge line of people. It looked like 
it looked like a bread line from the depression, you know, or something like all these people lined up. And, um, I've thought of that at times because I thought that I'll never see anything like that again, because now everybody just has the stock market and, you know, on their phone. I mean, they don't need to line up on a street corner and, uh, you know, wait for a guy, you know, some, some guy in a truck would throw the bundles out. Yeah, it really was. I mean, that, that has stuck in my head is like defining, uh, Mm -hmm. defining that period. Yeah. And there, you know, there have been many other, you know, shocks. Uh, I, you know, I lived, I left Manhattan, I guess around what year was it? 97. So I wasn't there for nine 11. And, um, and then of course, uh, in the pandemic, uh, I haven't been there and you, you're, when did you leave New York? Oh, uh, the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was gone before nine eleven. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw it on TV like everybody else, yep. you know, yep. so. mm-hmm. but all right. Well, that was a, a nice uh, trip down memory lane there. And uh, you know, if we, if we remember any other great stories, I mean, you and I, you know, offline since the last episode, we were remembering some of the folks uh, that we worked with there and uh, you know, some of them no longer with us, sadly, but uh uh, it, it was it was a good time. So I thought, yeah, we yeah there was there were some interesting, that. interesting characters. Yep. I mean, it was kind of uh, the ad department there was sort of like the archetypal yuppie social scene. And mm-hmm. then we were like this editorial group. Yeah, we were pretty like, uh, attached to that. So yeah. we were sort of like, you know, friendly with them, but not really right. part of their their right. scene. Yep. But it was a, a really interesting vantage point. Yes. Um, and the pay was a lot better than the straight editorial had been. It was. And yeah. at the time it was part of the New York magazine was part of the Murdoch organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I was working there as, uh, as a freelancer. So right. I would come in sometimes if I was working from home, fact checking, I would still come in to pick up a check Right. and the checks were always on time and right, everything right. was fa- very fair. And, oh uh, yeah. Over time, when you know, like you know, I mean, in you know, Murdoch has you know been a, a blight on American society, but <laughs> he did okay by me. I, I of yeah. all the places I worked, that was one of the least troublesome, right? So far and, he, as... and he's still doing okay, uh, more than okay, yeah. So, so anyway, that was I, a nice, a nice uh, side trip there. Another topic that uh, we wanted to talk about because, um, you know, of this, uh, Facebook whistleblower, right? So, uh, so you, you, uh, you said that that, um, uh, triggered something in your own mind and why don't you introduce that topic? Well, yeah. Um, I was listening to an interview with Frances Haugen, who is the, the woman who is now known as the Facebook whistleblower. And she had worked for, different internet companies about she was working at google she was one of the people that worked on google plus remember when google yes. plus was their facebook competitor mm-hmm. and she worked at yelp and there was somewhere else where she had worked but uh she had a friend who got very interested in conspiracy theories and she the way she tells the story is that she just lost him to this madness where he, he began to believe that George Soros was running the world and, you know, sort of like a, I guess a variant of the QAnon conspiracy Mm -hmm, theory. mm -hmm. And she couldn't 
talk sense to him, uh, she would send him articles and say, you know, what you're saying is wrong. Here's an article about it. And he would write back to her and say, well, you know, everything you're sending me is from the mainstream media. Of course, they're going <laughs> to lie about it, you know, because it's, uh, you know, so when she took the job at Facebook, she said her one of her motivations was uh, because she had had this friend that went crazy on the Internet. And, uh, you know, she realized how dangerous uh, all this stuff could be. So I, I was thinking about that because there was a woman that I knew from Rolling Stone who, who she didn't work in the editorial department. She worked in the promotion department. I, if you if you could see her as she looked then, if I had an old picture of her, you would probably recognize her because mm -hmm. she, she used to come down to the editorial department and talk sure. to me. And I'm, I'm sure you met her at some function. Or yes. Um, but anyway, I I was she lived around the corner from me in park slope and she was a friend of mine and we you know hung out together she'd come to parties at our house and i remember having dinner at her house once around the corner and all this and then uh at some point she moved back to maine and i remember being in touch with her in maine i think we wrote letters back and forth or something you know we were still in touch and then over time we just lost touch for no reason i mean it wasn't like we exited on bad terms mm -hmm. we just you know time moved on or whatever so a couple of years ago i suddenly saw her name someone retweeted her and i you know and i recognized her name and i thought oh i wonder if that's you know it was kind of an unusual name but i thought i wonder if, you know could that be the you know my old friend is this you know Mm -hmm. So I looked at her Twitter page and I realized it had to be her because there were some things that she mentioned that were, in fact, at one point she did mention working at Rolling Stone. So I, there was no uh, question it was her. Right. And, uh, but what was odd about it was that she was like, like hyper political, like, like she was not really like a conspiracy theory person. In fact, politically, I would agree with her. But she was like so strident in uh, in her hatred of Donald Trump and her in in her uh, her political opinions. It, it like her Twitter feed seemed to be like she had a lot of time on her hands and was just mm. like typing away furiously. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it, it was like a little weird, you know. Like uh, my first impulse was to get in touch with her and say, "Hey, you know how you know how you doing? Blah blah, you know whatever." And she her behavior on Twitter was so odd. I, I just, I don't know. I just didn't get in touch with her. And then, uh, at, at one point she changed her Twitter display name to like a, um, a play on words, uh, with Steve Bannon's last name mm. and like on her, uh, her Twitter bio, she was like proud of who had banned her on. <laughs> banned or, or, by who, Bannon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well blocked blocked is the word right. she had been she had been blocked by um various people and and she was like proud of that and it was like a little it was it was a little sad to see because um she didn't seem like the same person at all you know mm -hmm. what i mean like when when i was friends with her she had a like a she was really smart and she had a great sense of humor she was very funny 
and she was just like a witty person and and that was still there but it all seemed like it had been weaponized in some yes. way and and i thought you know it's it's almost like the internet or social media has taken the the best parts of this person and just kind of like weaponized them right the radicalized mm -hmm. yeah yeah and um so then at some point uh I, I added her to a Twitter list that I had of, of political people. So I would still see her tweets and she, you know, seemed to be like, you know, in this very odd space. And then there was a, a while where it suddenly dawned on me, I hadn't seen her tweeting in a while. And I looked at, you know, I looked for her Twitter account and she hadn't tweeted in a few months at that point. So I thought, well, maybe somebody told her, hey, you know, knock it off on Twitter or, <laughs> you know, like whatever, cool it, or, you, know. you know. Maybe she uh, had a new a new job somewhere. You know. e exactly. Right. A new yeah, interest. I really, yeah. Yeah. I thought to myself, you know, maybe just something happened and she said, you know, I'm spending too much time fighting right. with randos on Twitter. And, <laughs> you know, what's you know, what's the point? So then uh, more time went by and um, like a year went by and. uh I, I looked again a couple of months ago and uh, like, oh, well, like six months ago, I looked and she still hadn't tweeted since like right. September of 2019. Yeah. So I, I must have been thinking like, yeah, she probably got a new job or something. So I Googled her and I found her obituary mm, yeah. and it, it turns out she had passed away in mm. uh, March of last year. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I was, you know, Could have been COVID like, related. Well, I don't know. I, it, right. you know, the obituaries didn't give a cause of death, but, right. um, but she did, but I do remember she would tweet at times and mention being ill or having some mm. illness or something. So it's mm -hmm. possible that in fact, oh, so I remember, it was before it was probably yeah, before COVID that she had an illness. Yeah. And, um, and she died in March of last year. So it would have been an early COVID. Yeah, yeah. It would have been an early COVID death. It was before mm. COVID was really widespread. In right, fact, it right. wasn't widespread at all where she was living. Mm. But, um, but she did. In fact, I remember one point she mentioned being sick or being ill or something. Huh. And, and I remember thinking to myself, well, maybe she's like in this, this, you know, maybe she's so troubled on Twitter because maybe it's a, a side effect of medication mm. or, you know, maybe there's something going on with, mm. with that. And, uh, but anyway, so then, you know, when I, when I found out she had died, I felt, you know, I, I felt guilty. I thought, Oh, well, you know, maybe I should have gotten in touch with her or, you know, mm. she seemed like she was suffering in some mm. way that she mm. was so, but see, you never know, because like, I know people who, have gotten really nasty and really crazy on social media. <laughs> and then, and then you talk to them and they say, Oh no, no, I'm not mad at all. I'm just like playing a character. I, I like, see. I like trolling people, you know? Yes. So I, so I didn't know what, uh, you know, to this day, I don't know what was going on with her, except mm. she didn't seem to be, she was obviously the same person I, I had known yes. and really enjoyed, mm -hmm. but something had like really um you know it turned all the activated knobs up her, to 11 yeah. yeah yeah activated radicalized or whatever right right uh so that that was uh mm -hmm. but see it was a strange thing because there are there are those cases where um p 
people changed their opinions. I don't think her political opinion changed. It was just the intensity of it right, got, right. got bizarre. Um, there's other people who flip out and they they go from one extreme to the mm -hmm, other. Mm -hmm. and, and we it, were we were talking about that writer. What's his name? Horowitz, right? David Horowitz, right? Yeah, yeah he we, had we knew like him a, at Rolling Stone, right? He used to he used to work. Uh, he used to you know write kind of uh, from the lefty progressive or yeah further I left I, I guess yeah see he had been like a um a a radical marxist in the 60s mm -hmm. and then i guess if if he was if we had brushed up against him i guess he wasn't quite as radical then but it, at some point he had went he gone to, reagan yet uh Apparently that's, not. I that's guess when not. a lot of the that's when a lot of them turned. And it's interesting because, you know, you have all the neoconservatives who, uh, you know, maybe used to be liberal and uh, with Reagan, they turned right and they had a long run from, you know, 80 to, to 2016 or 2020. And uh, all of a sudden they realized, uh, what have we done? And now you have all these books like uh, Stuart Stevens, It Was All a Lie, and all the rest of them, you know, saying, right. gee, we didn't, you know, so, 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 so the GOP was really, uh, you know, empty and corrupt all that time. When, right, right, when the right. rest of us were trying to explain it to them and they, they were having none of it, you know. Yeah. Um, well, you, you know, what's a strange one is I was watching C-SPAN one night, like, no, oh, 10 or 15 years ago. And uh, or I guess I flipped on C-SPAN and there was a guy on who looked vaguely familiar. And then they put his name up on the screen and I remembered him. He had been an ad salesman hmm. at Rolling Stone. And now he's like a fanatical conservative. He's like ah. a religious conservative. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a weird journey. Like what? I think I know the one you mean. He had like kind of uh, glasses and curly hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. yeah. And uh, that that I I thought, man, that's a weird journey. That's a that's that's strange. Like what? Mm -hmm. You know, what's up with this guy? You can never <laughs> you know? tell. You know what journeys people are are on or have had. It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, you know, we. Uh, uh, in my high school uh, graduating class, uh, we've had, you know, some some losses of, of folks. And, uh, you know, every year they they raise funds to, to put little uh, metal tags, you know, little plaque insignias with the names on uh, a couple of benches that are, I guess, uh, adjacent to the ball field. And, uh, you know, every year the names there, there are more names and more familiar names. And, uh, you know, people seem to be dropping off at our stage of life. Uh, I guess it's not a surprise, but uh, it's uh, kind of an odd feeling. But, yeah, all these folks, uh, uh, you know, they, they they've changed. Some of them haven't changed at all, you know, and, and others have uh you know, change significantly, uh, whatever successes, failures, illnesses, what have you, family situations, um, you know, it all factors in and, uh, you know, you never know, uh, when you go to the reunions, uh, you know, you never know what you're going to be hearing, but, um, it's always good to see those familiar faces. 
Yeah, the uh, I I'm, I'm always amazed by like these weird, like you know, people go from one extreme to the other, and then I realize it's not the politics not almost yeah. don't matter. It's they just like being extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it they're 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 into the whole extremist thing. Yeah, well, they're know? getting some kind of a dopamine hit <laughs> or something. Well, see, that's yeah. See, that's the thing. It's like. Um, you know, I've known people who just admit that, you know, they fight with people on Facebook or they, uh, you know, they fight with people on Twitter and it's just like they get a hit out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've known some people who are like argumentative in real life and just, um, you know, always ready to pick a fight. And they're mm-hmm. the same way on social media. Mm-hmm. But but I, but like I said before, I've, I've known people who say, oh, no, you know, no, I'm not mad about anything. I just like fighting with people. <laughs> I like trolling people, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, well, I but, get a kick out of it occasionally. I mean, I don't go on long extended, you know, I'll go back and forth a few. Usually something I post and then somebody, you know, writes back uh, provocatively. And then I go back and forth. And, you know, ultimately I end up going, nice try, Vlad. And, uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, right. and then I, then I might, uh, post a, a photo of, you know, the, uh, Ukrainian revolution or something, uh, you know, and, and, and then I'll, uh, mute the conversation. At that right. point. Said, what's, what's the temperature in St. Petersburg tonight? Yeah. 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 Do they pay you in rubles or dollars? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it, it can get fun. I mean, as long as you're, as long as it's sort of kept as good natured back and forth, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I never go, um, you know, too, too heavy. And yeah, I mean, I don't, um, I mean, I post on Twitter. I mean, I still have a Facebook account, which is, uh, I, I've kept my Facebook account mainly because it's the only way I'm in touch with some people. <coughs> and, uh, you know, if I just, you know, shut down Facebook entirely, I'll lose touch with a few people and then I'd have to go track them down some other way if I wanted to get in touch with them. So I've just held on to it, but I, I hardly ever use it or post anything. And uh, the thing about Facebook is if you don't post much uh, and then you do post something, I don't think very many people see it. Right. Because, right. Yeah. So it's sort of like you kind of, uh, if you bow out, you're kind of out you know, which is fine because, you know, well, then you could just use it proactively. You know, you want to check in and see who, you know, who, who's, who's been doing what lately. You can, you can go and look. Yeah. yeah, That's what I do. I, I, I check it at least once a day just to see if there's Ah, any direct messages or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like I, I got a friend request from, uh, this lady who is a, like a friend of a friend of mine. And I didn't want to be rude. So I said, yes. So I accepted her friend request. And then she's always like, like getting into it with people. And then she had a Facebook account for her dog. So suddenly, (laughs) so, so her dog sent me a friend. request. Oh, that's hilarious. Her dog sent you a friend request. Well, there's more to it. So I, so I didn't want to be rude to the dog. So I said, yes. You didn't want to be rude to the dog. So this goes back to that cartoon on the internet. Nobody knows you're a dog, but here you have actual dogs that are. Right. Right. Well, in this case, it was a a little Corgi. So, um, (laughs) so anyway, so I, I, you know, I say yes to the the royal family, right? Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. 
So, uh, so I say yes to the friend request from the dog. And so then I start seeing the dog's postings on Facebook <laughs> and the reason the dog and then is... other, other dogs who were friends of that dog started inviting you. No, but what happened was that the, <laughs> the dog explained that he was posting more because his owner was in Facebook jail. Oh, oh, I the, see. The, the, the woman had like gotten into I it see, with somebody. I and I guess, I, I don't know what you have to do to get put in Facebook. Jail. I don't know so, either. I've never had that happen. So, so now the dog was, was posting. So it was, you know, obviously she was getting around uh, Facebook jail by having the dog be the, uh, she was, <laughs> by, by hiding behind the Corgi. Oh. And um, so so she kept posting as if she was a dog. So I would answer as if I was talking to a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So oh, like, this is great. So like she would, you know, she would post something and then I would say, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> and I've, finally, ne I've never heard anything like that. I, I know it's insane. So finally, like after 30 days, the dog announced that uh, that Stephanie was going to be getting out of Facebook jail and could I start see. posting again soon. So uh, I said, that's so you great might not, news. You might not hear as much from the dog. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I don't hear much from the dog anymore. <laughs> because she's... Well, let's hope that the dog is subscribing to this podcast because we really do need to get some more listeners. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah. Well, the dog, uh, but that, that, anyway, remember that if, if you, um, if I you will. have a, if you have a pet, make an account for your pet and then oh. if you get put in facebook jail you can uh... oh my god you're reminding me that one time early in the internet era to show how sophisticated i was and you know other people were doing this they were getting twitter accounts for their plants to to you know to say i need to be watered um i created a twitter account for my um sump pump <laughs> and uh you know that was short-lived and then there was the time that i uh uh, I lived in Second Life for a year uh, and um, had uh, business networking meetings in there and then also was pitching an oxygen bar company in real life that was based in San Francisco. I was telling them that I could help them open an oxygen bar in Second Life uh, so that the avatars could come and enjoy the oxygen. Uh, so that's that's pretty much how, you know, off the deep end I went uh, very early on. So, uh, yeah, I, I remember when you were in the second life and you were yeah. you were trying to encourage me to get into it. And I, I, yeah. I just couldn't wrap my head around. Yeah. It. And then oh. um, it's still the most exciting, you know, interactive online thing that I ever saw. Um, you know, they talk about these uh, AI influencers on Instagram, you know, and uh, right. And all these, uh, you know, the, obviously the CGI and everything is a lot better now. But uh, and, and of course, I, I haven't watched the squid. What is it? Squid game? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, uh, well, we're going to have to see that and talk about it in the next episode. But uh, honestly, there's nothing, you know, like I, I always say that compared to, you know, what you could do in Second Life, being on Facebook is like you know, posting things on the bulletin board at the dry cleaners. That's how exciting Facebook is compared to uh, second life. But we've come to the end of our, uh, our episode. Anything you want to close out with? Uh, no, no, I think that, uh, 
That Did we exhaust all your it. all your uh, you know your high quality content? Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Well, I I always like to keep some back. You know, yeah, exactly. Have some for next exactly. Time. So for the listeners, keep uh, keep listening, and uh, don't forget to use that uh, commenting tool that you find on Spotify or on Anchor. Thanks yeah, again if, for a lot if, of fun. And if your dog has a Spotify account, he can uh, Ooh, he can also make a comment. Spot is on Spotify. All right, take go. care. Talk to okay. you in two weeks. Bye bye. Take it easy. Bye bye.